Hello and welcome to another great episode of Beyond Grit with Robert Young. I'm currently reading the book Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. I've been reading the chapter on how we make decisions, how we make the decision to quit our jobs, to get a new job, to stop smoking, to stop drinking, to get back to working out, putting ourselves out there to meet new people. You know, the list goes on and on. And all our decisions are based on a pain and a pleasure. When I decided to quit smoking 25 years ago, I really had to one, make that decision. Two, I had to think about the pleasure of how it's going to be to finally not smoke. So the pleasure of not being winded when I wake up and walk up the stairs or the pleasure of not smelling like smoke the pleasure of being with my family for more years, you know, the pleasure of just my overall health. So, you know, yes, the pain there was there and quitting smoking and quitting things that have become habit are not easy and there's pain associated with them. So I had to stop focusing on that though. And what I did, I focused on what I just named the pleasures. And in doing that, it made the journey much easier and I was able to focus on it. And like I said, it's been 25 years and I'll never ever go back to it. By understanding this concept of the pain and pleasure is to me life-changing. You know, once you start to understand your emotions and understand why you're having those emotions and why you're having this fear, you can then start to control them. And once you start to control your emotions, that's when you can start to thrive. My guest this week is Ken Newbill. Ken is a certified holistic health and nutrition consultant right here in the Charlotte area. You know, he was a formerly obese 45 year old man. He had already suffered a heart attack. He knew in his life, something's got to change. He went to the gym, he started eating better, but he wasn't losing any weight. Nothing was going on. His health was still pretty much remain the same. So that's when he was driven to really dig deep and learn everything he could about the natural healing and the natural healings within his body. I mean, we talked about food. We've talked about the gut. We talked about dangers of water. Yeah, you heard it, water. So do a Google search of New Bill of Health and check him out. He's got a lot of great information, super fun guy, and very, very knowledgeable. So sit back, get a cup of coffee, put your feet up, get your hot tea, and enjoy the show, and I'll see you next week. Good morning, Ken. How are you? Hey, Grand Rising, Robert. I'm doing great. Good. How's your week going? The week is actually going fantastic. I have no complaints at all. We're doing really good, getting a lot of good uh, responses from our clients this week and bringing on some more people who are trying to change 2022 for the better with their own with their own wellness. So it's been great. That's fantastic. So tell the audience um, a little bit about yourself and what you do. Um, well, a little bit about me. I'll start with, I'm a family man. Um, I'm a proud husband and father. I've got two kids, 10 and seven, been married to my wife now for just over 20 years. Um, we're based uh, now uh, just out outside of the Charlotte area in North Carolina. Um, so we've been here for just over nine years, I think almost 10 years now. Been cool. Um, we came down from the DC area, lived in Virginia for about 13 plus years as well. So that's kind of been our life together. Um, you know, over the last 20, 20 years or so. And, you know, I'm a full-time, you know, functional nutrition and holistic health coach. And we specialize in helping professionals uh, get out of the rabbit hole of fatigue and essentially uh, help them structure uh, lifestyle strategies to keep them out of that dysfunctional state for the rest of their life and improve their abilities to stay younger, longer. Did you grow up over in the DC area? 
No, I, I was not. That was kind of where I uh, left the military. Uh, I was in the military for about 13 years. Um, I served in the uh, special operations community for that entire time, which was a very interesting experience. Um, you know, been overseas plenty, uh, participated in plenty of conflicts and wars and blessed to come home and to still be alive. You know, I would say definitely that I've, I've moved around a lot in my life, even as mm -hmm. a child. So I was originally born in South Bend, Indiana, uh, but pretty much raised in Austin, Texas, uh, for the most part. Spent a couple of years on the way to Texas in a small town called Heston, Kansas, um, just outside of, I think, Newton or and a few uh, a few miles away from Wichita. So um, dead center tornado valley oh my gosh <laughs> yeah we used to oh, just yeah. basically watch tornadoes every day really for yeah for the most part yeah you saw them all the time did you see a lot of the people the tornado chasers and stuff when oh, that was time, really yeah, big time yeah, yeah you see them out there doing their thing from time to time but uh you know being a kid we were just under desks <laughs> and stuff <laughs> running running drills but they you know as we got older we realized they weren't drills they were real. Yeah. Um, now were you in a military family growing up no it was just you know i'm a 70s kid and so you know i attest you know a testament to you know why we moved around a lot was that was kind of like the era when you know job market changed and families just really started moving about more to find opportunity. And so I think that was the big catalyst of change in my life. Both my mom and my dad ended up moving um, over, you know, over various places. And so that started to round out my life experience, you know, mm -hmm. going from place to place and, you know, learning, you know, how to, to live and thrive in different demographics, you know. How different Austin is today? from when you were probably there oh my gosh austin is i think it's still you know at the root of of, of what austin is it's still there it's just it's really busy it's there changing it's, busy it's, it's, yeah it's, it's uh you know it's not so much as austin ish as it used to be mm -hmm. i kind of call it um carolina east now i mean not carolina but california east Okay. because uh, there was a head there's been heavy migration from california into austin for quite a bit of time now and, um, you know, I love Austin, uh, but it's definitely not the same. It's one of the reasons I ended up coming here instead of going back to Austin when we decided to move out of the D.C. area. I'd already had okay. enough of traffic and overgrown, you know, society. Uh, so going to Austin wasn't going to help me in that, in, in that arena at all. So we ended up coming to Charlotte, moving to the outskirts of town. We live in a little a small town called Monroe, right on the edge of where all the crops start. Um, yeah, you know, out in our area. So I know it's a little more peaceful, you know, yeah. for us here and uh, we enjoy it. Yeah. And how crazy the Charlotte area is growing too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know, when we moved here about 10 years ago, I knew we had about 15 to 20 years mm -hmm. before, before it just got overgrown because they have uh, the reason I moved, we moved here was because I felt like um, Charlotte is kind of like Austin 35 years ago. Reminded me a lot of when I was growing up. I was like, gosh, there's lots of opportunity here, lots of growth opportunity. Um, people still are nice to each other. Mm -hmm. Everybody was encouraging me to move here, just asking locals and stuff, you know. And they're like, yeah, a place where people talk to each other, say good morning regularly still, um, and have pretty decent courtesy overall. So humans are still being humans here, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it, we went to Austin. Uh, my wife and I went to Austin about four years ago. And I thought, Kind of the same thing, you know, it had that, the the city, the larger city, but it was small. And then you had the neighborhoods kind of like Charlotte. So it really mm -hmm. reminded us, you know, of the Charlotte area, um, just the way it was laid out. Yeah. You know, I thought it was kind of cool. We've been down here for um, coming up on 11 years. It'll be 11 years at the end of February. Nice. We moved from Michigan. So it was, I love it here. Yeah, I mean, you got to, great. man. At least you're missing you're you're missing out on those on those lake storm snowstorms. I know. I know. <laughs> I don't miss that. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> uh, so were you always into um fitness and being healthy? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, a little bit about my journey. You know, I think it kind of starts when I was a kid. I had a lot of you know, if you think about the timing of my life, born in 72, and so our food culture really started to shift dramatically in terms of toxicity 
through through the 70s because that's when commercial agriculture went very heavy into glyphosate and different herbicides and pesticides, you know, getting into our foods and uh, breaking down the earth's soil and, you know, getting the proper nutrients out to it. They wouldn't really service that great. So I kind of grew up in that era. I've been like in that entire era. And so I was reacting to foods way differently than my family was, right? So other people in my family could eat the same foods. I would eat these foods and swell and inflame uh, pretty dramatically at a very young age. So I had weight issues ever since I was a kid. I always had struggled with my weight. Um, I developed migraines at a very early age. Uh, they were undiagnosed for a very long time. We just kind of called them episodes of when I would have blackouts and things like that that would come as part of a classic migraine attack. Nausea, throwing up, the whole nine yards. And um, yeah, I was not a, just like a super healthy kid. In fact, when I went into the military as a teenager, I had to I had to do extra P, I had to do extra basic training because I was not fit enough or strong enough to get into the army with just regular basic training. I needed remedial training. So that just shows the level of weakness and re- less resiliency and strength that I had just to get through something very simple. I think that most people should be able to get through with their youth. You know, so I won't discount that at all. Not proud of it, but it's part of my journey, man. It's just, it's just real. Right. You had um, pretty scary. So you and I are the same age. I was born in 72, mm-hmm. 49. Um, you had a pretty scary episode. Oh, a yeah. Few years back. Yeah. And at a young age. Um, can you explain that? Yeah. You know, I think it, you know, I like to give some of the breadcrumbs that led up to that. And so, um, you know, just for those listening out there, if you've had kidney stones, for example, yeah, kidney stones are an early warning sign that you could have a heart attack, to be honest, because kidneys and the heart are very well connected also with the adrenal gland and our gonads. So just like this, you know, this this little consortium of um, glands and function in the body that are very much connected to certain function and nutritional status. And when they are violated, bad things happen. And so I had a kidney stone year one, I was 30, 36, 37, had another one, 38, had another one. Mm. So I gave birth three times. And then at the age of 39, heart attack, bam, bam, bam. Every time I had a kidney stone, I asked the doctor, how can I avoid getting kidney stones? Answer, we have no idea. Right. And I'm yeah. like, but you know how to treat them. So, but you don't know how to stop them. They're like, yeah, we really don't know what causes kidney stones. I'm like, what year is it, dude? Like, yeah. seriously, like not even being in the world of wellness at the time, just common sense came in. I'm like, we don't know that. Like, really? For real? For yeah. real? And so, no, they had no resources to, to offer me at, you know, at that point. Um, but when I had that fourth, when I had that episode uh, with my heart attack, that was the same day we found out that um, we were pregnant for the first time and we were already in our second trimester. So it was, my little heart couldn't take it. It was already, you know, under a lot of duress. I was morbidly obese at the time, easily um, way over a hundred, a hundred pounds because I never really learned how to take care of myself. Like the military just kind of saved me by being very active. They don't teach you how to eat. Okay. So, you know, they give you lots of crap foods in the military, you know, lowest bid, lowest bitter foods, um, if you will. And so you don't really learn anything about how to take care of yourself in that respect, at least back then. I don't know what they're doing now. I've been out of the military since 2004. So um, didn't learn a whole lot, got out of the military, but I still had my get up and go attitude that I learned in the military. So I started pouring myself into my first business, which was a mortgage brokerage firm that I had for about um, a dozen years. So that level of pouring into something, um, I really pushed myself too hard. And that's why I focus on fatigue management with my clients is because I literally drove myself into the ground. Um, you know, just not knowing how things work, not, not, not how to take care of, not paying attention and just being super focused on the dollar and, you know, becoming successful. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, you know, those are the traps that are out here that are laid for us. And if you don't pay attention or, or know how to navigate 
those experiences, they can lead to your demise in short order. So had that heart attack, survived it, um, you know, thank God and kind of woke up with a vigor to get some things figured out, ultimately, because I had a baby born in the way, you know, yeah. that was going to be in my arms within six months. So it kind of gave me a bit of a mark on the wall. But I was lucky enough, you know, back then, you remember my fitness fat, my, my fitness pal back then in those days was like beta mode was not the app that we know of it today. Uh, best feature back then, blog and forum. That was the best two features that they had because you got to share information and get to meet other people. And um, one day I met, a, I saw a guy on a forum and he was just so angry at Rice. I just didn't even know what to say. I hadn't found him for a while. And I was like, hey man, why are you so upset with Rice? Like, really? Like, what's up? And so he started sharing some information with him, with me and led me, led me to some resources. And that's when I kind of really started my journey because I was failing miserably to be very uh -huh. frank up until that point. I was trying to pull my stuff together for about 60 days. I just hurt. I was sweating a lot. I was having lots of metabolic malfunction. And this was uh, after the heart attack. Absolutely. So, yep. I, you know, got up and said, okay, I need to go do something. Let's try to, you know, of course, correct this before I die. Um, not sure if I'm going to get another shot at this. So got into it and really like the first 60 days, it was just all guts, no glory. So I was putting all the work in. I was hitting two a days, doing the best I could. And nothing was really happening. I think in like 60 months, I might have dropped like six pounds. So I was getting stronger and faster, but the metabolic dysfunction in my body was not adapting to mm -hmm. what I was doing. In fact, I was working in direct conflict with the conditions that I was dealing with that I would later learn. And so through reading a few books you know, that year and applying some strategies, I was able to drop like 70 plus pounds in less than six months. Wow. Um, so I met my goal to be under like 200 pounds by the time my boy was delivered. But I knew that was only phase one of where I really needed to go. Um, and that the rest of my life would, you know, I adopted that lifestyle mentality um, that year. That was probably my saving grace was just, you know, getting out of that short termers mindset and thinking about going long and, and going the distance for life and making a true lifestyle commitment to myself. And when did you decide that, um, like, this is, this is where I'm going and you left the mortgage industry? Cause that's a big leap. You're, yeah. you're, you're leaving that to move on to something that is, is quite new to you. Yeah. Part, part of my healing was closing down that mortgage business. I went to work for an IT company out of California for a bit of time for about six or seven years. As part of, you know, part of recovery and just getting out of that intense stress mode um, with everything being on your shoulders every day, you know, being in business. Uh, and I was waiting for my next bright idea, like what's the next great thing that I want to do for myself and get back to, you know, being an entrepreneur, you know, so that was a decent experience. But through that time, as people saw me transforming dramatically, I got asked a lot of questions. A lot of people wanted to talk with me. What are you taking? What are you doing? You know, all this other stuff. So I started, a, you know, I started New Bella Health like in 2011, 10 or 11, just kind of on the side to help people with products and consulting and just a little bit on the side in between, you know, work and things like that, kind of a weekend hustle. And uh, it was great until my tenure with the IT company was kind of coming to a close and lots of things are leading up to that. The universe was just kind of saying, you need to make a move. I was being pulled more and more, you know, into the nutrition and wellness space. I had already gone through um, some holistic health certification courses, um, went to global nutrition, um, medical, uh, medical out of California for about a year and really started to seep myself into going deeper within my healing because I kept understanding that it wasn't just about weight. I had a lot, I had things to work on deeply within me and others did too, but we're just not taught about it, you know, for the most part. So um, I just want to get educated, very educated to help myself and to help my family. Yeah. I mean, growing up and like you said, growing up in the seventies, we had the food pyramid and mm -hmm. we still have that food pyramid today. And I can't <laughs> believe that they still teach that. Yes. <laughs> and it's so antiquated and so unhealthy. But I know, you know, when, when I was growing up and in my family, they never equated food with health and, and the effects that food and what you put into your body produce. 
and yes. how they can either completely harm you or they can help you. It's like putting good gas into a race car or horrible gas into a race car. You know, what performance Absolutely. are you going to have? It's a hundred percent. So explain how the functional nutrition part of it differs from your, our regular medicine. Ah, uh, well, I'll talk about it from my approach, because I think okay. when people talk about functional medicine and functional nutrition, um, you can run into some dogma. Uh, so I, I prefer just to share my philosophy. Okay. I think sometimes a, a, a philosophic approach can, can kind of keep you out of the weeds and simplify what you really need to do in life um, to course correct. Functional medicine practitioners and even functional nutritionists, we have this innate ability to go way too deep and no one cares. What people do care about is healing uh, and getting dramatic results, um, you know, to get them where they want to go in life. So for me, you know, starting off, you know, in the holistic side of things and just looking at full body, mind, spirit, uh, recognizing that, hey, it's not just one thing in this process of healing that's really critical. There's a unification and um, synergy that must come, come to a head at some point for you to unite all of these forces within you as a human being to truly get where you want to go. The nutritional aspect, you know, or the functionality around nutrition is just applying nutritional principles to heal. That's bottom line what it's all about. How do we leverage nutrition in such a way that we can influence processes in the body to course correct to allow your body to perform in its optimal potential. That's it. That's super, super simple. And almost for some people, they go, it's too simple. It's because we've been, you've been allopathic medicine to death your entire life. And they've claimed that everything is super, super complicated and you have to follow their path in order to heal. And that's the biggest lie on the planet. It's more simple than most people want to give things credit for, yet the exposure is small to the information because we have to have deeper conversations and the strategies to get better aren't just simply taking a pill. Um, so the biggest piece is healing versus just going through treatment in that respect. As long as you're going to an allopathic traditional, you know, so-called traditional healthcare model, you're just going to get patched and placated to and get your symptoms treated. However, you're never going to gain any deep healing opportunity because that's just not what those medicines do. They mm -hmm. don't provide healing. They actually provide more toxicity and complication in the body over time. Although, you know, for many people who just are not willing to make changes in their life, it can sustain their life and keep them living here as they stack up more misery, more side effects, and more degradation in the body over time. I remember I was going through my CrossFit coach training. And then mm -hmm. we were talking about nutrition and there's so many people that can go to their yearly physical and they get their blood work and blood work comes back and they're like, look at that. My blood work is great, but, <laughs> but their, their quality of life is horrible. Like, yeah. I don't want to be bed bound or in a chair for years but my blood work comes back. Look at my uniform. report card, man. Right? right? <laughs> that to me is not living. Like I, I want to <laughs> live and, and I want to get out there and I want to do stuff. That's why I find this so fascinating because if I go to the doctor and I go to my physical and he's like, hey, you know, I, I see your cholesterol is a little bit high. You might want to think about taking this pill. I'm like, I don't want a pill. I don't want a pill for anything. How can I correct this? on my own. Mm -hmm. Maybe some things are hereditary, but I'm going to take that other side and try to see what I can do on my own. No, man, what that's, I'm putting that, into my body. Yeah, that's always the that's always the best approach. And, you know, people that are depending on that report card for, you know, for true health, you know, they're missing the boat, because mm -hmm. it, it does really get people an excuse to continue to do poor things to themselves. Uh, because the doctor said, your blood works great. Okay, because that's just the biggest hocus pocus garbage that they can do to us because what they're tradition, what they're really doing, I'll give you an example. I worked with a client about 18 months ago, guy was easily 150 pounds overweight, big guy, big tall guy, so he could get away, you know, mm -hmm. with it a little bit or so he thought his doctor kept telling him from years, I'm just so surprised 
You know, you're so big and overweight, yet all of your stats look great on your blood. Yeah, there's a season for that. And it ends at some point. And it ended for him in December of last year when he had a stroke and a heart attack. He was bedridden in the, in the hospital for three months. So look, take a look at yourself, truly gauge how you feel and stop playing games mm -hmm. because the doctors are going to let you play games. They, they're going to allow their tools to do what they do. And until you hit a certain threshold of severity, they can't treat you with a medicine. So they're literally waiting. You know, that's the worst thing I hate to hear doctors say, oh, let's just keep an eye on it. Right. Yeah. Why do they want to keep an eye on it? Because yeah. they're waiting for you to get to a state that's not <laughs> that they can medicate you or cut you. That's why. So yeah. they're going to monitor that and use the tools that they have at their disposal to help you when and if that time comes in conjunction with being in alignment with insurance, because that's what truly drives their their motive. Follow the money. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, what are some of the signs that people can look for? in themselves that says, Hey, you know, maybe I should go and come and see Ken. You know, I, I specialize in fatigue, in fatigue, healing and management. Uh, and I, I decided to go into that realm because this gets to the core of so many issues in the body. And, and by focusing on energy and all the things that influence energy creation, you get to the root of so many issues in the body that, the body's in a, in a, is forced to heal uh, mm -hmm. because you're addressing it from a systems perspective and not a symptoms perspective. Because most people tend to chase sim symptoms like I feel this, I feel that. What can I do to alleviate that discomfort? And we're just not understanding that that discomfort is a communication. It's just the body trying to tell you what's up, like what's not working very well inside of this inside of this machine. You know, so if you are you know, and most of my clients tend to be over 35, just to be quite frank, because this is when things really start adding up and they've tried the pill approach, they've tried different methods, still not working. They truly haven't developed a skill set and or skill set, mindset and strategy to truly get themselves out of a state of imbalance and illness, you know, at their core, you know, so simple things how many things are to have now accumulated symptom wise in you that you never had in your twenties, you know, your, your, your lower thirties. And all of a sudden now you're feeling old in your thirties. You can't sleep, right? Your sleep is, is, is horrible. Your recovery from working out is horrible. And there's various stages to all of this. You're sleeping and it doesn't matter. <laughs> you're like, you're waking up and you're like, I'm still exhausted. I could sleep for 12 hours and it just would not matter. I'm yeah. still waking up completely tanked. So we've got all this misregulation within the endocrine system. You know, the gut's probably blown out. If you've been eating crap food most of your life and you're just waking up to that. Um, yeah, your gut's broken because I'm like, you and I are both about to hit our fifth, you know, 50th birthday this year. And the generation's two back from us they're dealing with levels of toxicity that are 10 times higher than you and I dealt with coming up at their age. So mm -hmm. they got the pure, they've got the purest, highest potency of toxicity um, that I believe we've ever had on earth. And so they're feeling younger. I mean, they're feeling older sooner because of it. Um, so they're getting quote unquote, old people malfunctions in their thirties. I just couldn't even imagine like being 30 and feeling old. No. Right? Um, but it's very, it's very common now for um, those individuals to feel super fatigued, um, low libido at 30. Wow. Um, you know, I can't perform in bed. I need to get the blue pill. Um, my brain is not functioning right. My, you know, mental focus is garbage. All of those so-called normalized symptoms, you know, that we just accept as part of age. I just challenge people to first, you know, recognize that you don't have to keep any of that because you didn't have any of that when you were 18, 19 or 20. So why yeah. do you think that just because you hit a certain age limit that now this is what's for you and the way that life has to be, that's up to you. That's funny that that's a real, that's a, that's a real thing because you go to the gym and you meet people and they're in their thirties and they're like, Oh man, I'm so tired. My knees hurt. My, I'm just getting old. And I was like, you're not even close to being old, right. you know? <laughs> and, and that does make sense because there is our food, and the supply is 
Let's make it bigger. Let's let's make it faster and get it out there and sell more. Bigger, you faster, know? and it's bigger, faster, and weaker. And weak, yeah. Food is weak. And, you know, I don't even. I'm just not one of those nutritionists that are gonna that are gonna tell you food is medicine because it ain't strong enough <laughs> to be. It's not strong enough to cope with the issues that we are dealing with today. You need assistance. You need supplementation. You need all types of strategies now to help you get out of the hole you're in and then learn the dynamic you and how to influence your balance for the rest of your life. There's cycles everyone is going through, especially women, which are like 90% of my, my clients are women. So they're always going through all these various cycles. They get put on birth control very early in life, and they have already set up many diseases just from doing that alone. Mm. And they've set up their thyroid problems, adrenal issues, gut problems, and um, energy issues early on in their teens, and they have no idea. So how do you evaluate people? If I came to you yeah. and I said, this is what's going on. So what are like the first steps that you look for? Or do you do a food toxicity test or sensitivity mm -hmm. test and things like that? Explain. Yeah, our, our, my approach here is really more around cellular nutrition. So we start with um, doing an investigation of your dynamic mineral pattern at a cellular level. So we take a, a hair sample and we're able to see like what's going on with your macro minerals, your micro minerals, and also heavy metal toxicity, because these are the catalyst for how enzymes work in your body, right? And enzymes drive every process in your body, yet we don't really talk about them. And I'm talking about, you know, metabolic enzymes, not just digestive, for instance. So most of us understand, like we produce enzymes in our mouth and our pancreas and help us digest and break down foods, but there's an enzyme at every uh, juncture of process in the body. You know, something as simple as understanding how to break down sunlight and transfer that into the active form of vitamin D takes eight points of synthesis that depend on specific enzymes that are also very dependent on magnesium, for example. So we get right down to that level because then we can understand the influence of minerals on hormones, uh, acidity levels in the body to help you break down foods in your gut, inflammation markers, hormonal balance, you name it. So we can see so, so much at that level that it's a beautiful thing. So we start there. Of course, we take a very deep client intake. And um, as part of that process, we have like what I call like a psychological evaluation for wellness, where um, we have a special tool that you go through and answer questions. It's almost, and it feels like a psychological evaluation, but it goes into an algorithm that then associates those symptoms, how often you feel them and the intensity level that you feel them at. And it co correlates them to, you know, well-known nutri nutrient deficiencies, clinical and preclinical conditions. So we use it as correlation, but not as the only information. Mm -hmm. And that's how we look at all the testing that we do. Um, another test that we just want to get out of, the, out of the way as soon as we start is a gut test. Let's just get the stool sample done. Let's go take a nice deep inspection at a DNA level of what's going on in the environment of the gut and how it's impacting you. Because no one, and I mean no one that's living in this country, is free of sin in the gut. If you have not focused on your gut and getting it and getting it properly corrected, and you've been dealing with various issues and illnesses for a long time, seventy percent of your immune system is tied up in that ten to twenty-five feet of your small intestine. Okay, so if we know that information, why not address it? Let's just get right to it and do that inspection so that we can bubble what's left over to course correct kind of right to the top. Mm -hmm. And so just by working with a few different tool sets on any client that walks in our door, we get a very good inspection on what's going on. And we can start to influence those processes that are broken or just in, you know, just in dysfunction or imbalance very early on in the process. And uh, that's one of the things I think that gives our clients a lot of success is they start winning very quickly when they get here. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Like, how long does it take for people to see results? Because yeah, we're an impatient group well, of people here. You know, for example, I'm working with a Lyme client who's been down the path of Lyme disease with different doctors for about five, six years. Uh, she was referred to me by another practitioner. And literally within the first 30 days, 
something happened that she hadn't seen happen in a very long time. She dropped six to eight pounds in like three weeks and nothing else changed. Just a few things that we tried to bring into her life right off the bat to just get her moving in the proper direction as we start to nurture her with the information that we received from her testing. But the key, one of the key values of our company is momentum. It's momentum. You need momentum and wellness because we are Americans and we are hooked on fast results, period. Yep. Because that's how everything is sold to us here. It's part of our culture and we can't ignore it. So I don't ignore it. So I want to help influence my client's ability to get wins very early in the process so that they can, one, know they have the ability to heal. I'm, I'm able and I'm starting to feel better. So there's efficacy in the approach. So why not commit more to it, more to this process? You know, so that kind of straightens them out and gets them on a straight and narrow to know I am doing good work for myself. This is really important. And that, mm -hmm. uh, that, that test that I told you about earlier, we use that as kind of like a report card because it's literally like the language of your body that when you're expressing what you're feeling. And so we can take a course, you know, we can take the very first one you did and 90 days later, pull it out again and go, let's check you out. Look at how well your report card is. This was all in reds. Now this is all in greens. Whoa, right? Yeah. How about that? That's, that helps this thing right here. We got to get the mind right so that we can take action and stay in, you know, stay in action you know, with our wellness strategy because you're not fixing any of this stuff over 90 days, but you're influencing the healing process dramatically in that time to lead you down further, um, to lead you down the trail to continue your journey. You know, coming out of fatigue syndrome issues, truly healing a gut could easily take eight months to 18 months, depending on how severe it is and how someone is willing, how much someone is willing to put in the work, yeah. um, you know, and abstain from certain things. You know, are you going to stay off of alcohol to help your gut heal? It's tough for a lot of people, you know, so mm -hmm. from time to time, they're going to have a little bit of, you know, backsliding that's going to happen. So we try to account for that in our wellness strategies with our clients. Now, do you incorporate? kind of your supplementation along with proper nutrition, along with an exercise? Do you have them kind of follow that, that whole? Yeah, you got to do it all. Walkway. You know, yeah. you, if you really want to do it right, and that's all we're really concerned with here. Like we don't, we're not taught, caught up in any dogma or any supplement or approach. My only attachment to every one of my clients is that they win. Mm -hmm. Like that's it. Are you winning? Do you feel like you got this down? Are you getting what you want out of this experience? Uh, but yeah, there's always a component of all of those things. You got to move. You know, I can look at a gut test and tell people are lying about working out because your gut will produce certain bacteria when you work out regularly. <laughs> so it's, it's important because exercise influences hormones. If you're not exercising and you're complaining about sleep, shut up, shut up, complaining about sleep, go move your butt. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, give your body a reason to rest if you're not resting well. That's kind of one of the first simple things that we can do. What you do during the day will influence your night. You know, so having a true holistic approach to where, you know, we're doing the, we're doing the movement, we're doing the proper nutritional strategies. We're also using holistic therapies to get in deep where we need to get in deep. Maybe we have to do some deep cleansing, detoxification. These are paramount things that get skipped a lot when you have different modalities of focus, you know, you've got a lot of, I would say like chiropractors, for example, that may just go into functional medicine because they want to add that onto their business model, but maybe they've never really had like a health crisis in their life. Number one, to recover from number two, where's the rest of the pieces here. So the rest of the pieces around holistic wellness, not just functional alignment is critical. So I don't think one, just one approach is is the end all be all, but having a, com a combination and philosophy around how to approach healing the body as a whole is is more important than knowing that you know this particular nutrient affects this one in a certain way because your client really doesn't care. What right. they care about is getting better. Getting better. So you can't really point. You know, I had a question here, and I said, "What's the number one most toxic thing we put into our bodies on a daily basis?" Yeah, that's a right. really good question. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people look at, well, is it wheat? Is it alcohol? Is it sugar? Is it? I'll tell you. What is it? It's the number one that plagues everybody in the entire world and has been for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Water. Yeah. 
Water is the number one killer of all people in the world today. Really? Period. And it has been for a very long time, but no one wants to talk about it. Water's dirty. It's, ca- it's carrying all the stuff. Most of our water that we drink is dead. Um, yeah, it's water because you got to shower, right? Yeah. 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 So we're showering in dirty water with fluorides and chloramines and chlorides and contaminants and drugs. And it's getting on the biggest organ in our body, the skin. We've got the biggest absorption factor. I'm scared to even go to swim. I don't even like swimming in swimming pools because if you just know what it is, you're like, why would I want to steep my body, soak my body in that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it is uh, water. Water is the number one contributor to illness. I, I consider it the number one problem with thyroid, number one problem with gut, because all the gunk is in the water, man, is there. And are you talking about the water that we drink every day, the water, you know, from absorption and showers and tubs and stuff like that, like the whole? All of it, all the water, because like, like, for example, you're in a municipality water system, you know what they're putting in the water right? You can go get the water report and you can see the allowable levels Mm -hmm. of certain chemicals that do your body no good at all and cause lots of systemic issues long-term with long-term use. It's a very simple way to poison people slowly over time. It's water. It looks clear. So the brain goes clear water. That's good, right? But just because you can't see it doesn't mean it isn't killing you slowly. The other side of that is I work with a lot of clients out in rural areas and many people believe because they're on well water that they are that they get a buy. And they don't because most well water is very much contaminated if, if they live around commercial agriculture, mm-hmm. number one. And then, you know, a lot of the toxicities that go into the soil, they're going to seep through, but they're also going to provide certain levels of nutrients at a level that we just can't accept. You know, something like manganese, I see in a lot of rural areas when I'm doing my testing, their manganese levels have become toxic within their bodies, causing all types of dysfunction and regulation with other minerals that are then causing much more uh, breakdown and processes for hormonal regulation, you know, gut health, et cetera. So it's, it's quite a big picture, right? And that's why, you know, that's my gig. You know, one of the, my favorite things is I do have a technology background. And so I view the body much like a network. I'm an old network um, engineer guy. So when I'm looking at the body, I'm looking at systems. I'm looking at networks and how the networks are influenced by, the, by each other. What, what bridges one to another? What biochemical reaction on this side of the equation is affecting this side of the equation? Being willing to do that functional inspection is necessary. Like that's truly beneficial to people, even though we may not share all of that information with our clients, but having that knowledge and being able to document those processes and influence those processes is what's critical. So having a functional wellness map for each person is super, super important. Even things like understanding, you know, your stress levels and where it's coming from. I call those things like energy leaks, you know, that you don't, you're not aware of that you're pouring out nutritional status because you don't know how to respond to certain stresses and you're losing lots of nutrients because your central nervous system is on point. It's like rocking all the time. It's never getting a break um, because you're stressed about work, stressed about bills, you're stressed about accomplishing certain things. You're staying up too late, providing more stress, relationship issues, and you've just haven't had a good upbringing on learning how to manage it. Yeah. Because we're built to handle stress. However, we're not, we're not built to handle a consistent stress that never turns off. Right. And we live in that society and everything is immediate back in the day, you know, before even the fax machine, you, (laughs) you know, you could leave work and leave work, right? Yes. Now everything is with us and, and emails never stop. And Social media never stops. Everything is going and it's just taxing. But I got to get back to the water. Like, what do what do you do? Like, I drink gallon plus a day. You got to so, clean it. You, you, know, you know, water, regardless of as much as we want to put our trust in government, you can't. Because remember, the government's taking care of a lot of people. They're going to do what they need to do to get whatever they got to get done, done. And there's reasons that they put some of these chemicals in the water. Doesn't mean that we have to embrace it. So it's our responsibility to take it to the next level. If you want a better service, then clean your water, filter your water. There's many different methods to do that. 
you know, get out of plastic bottles of water, you know, stop digesting nanoparticles of plastic voluntarily. Um, you know, so I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty anti-plastic, you know, water and plastic guy. Let's yeah. just avoid it. And that, that, and that has a lot to do with the fact that when I was in the military, I saw pallets and pallets of the only water that we can eat baking in the sun in plastic bottles every day. Yeah, that's just leaching into that water, just leaching into it. So you don't know the process of how that bottle of water got to you on your shelf. I'm sure it sat outside sometime for hours, yeah. if not yeah. days before it ever made it into your into your grocery store. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's just a reality. Yeah. It is. You know, it's 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 uh, it can be upsetting. You know, so a lot of my clients initially, they, you know, as we're revealing truth and making them think about certain things it can bring you to a level of anger and I can understand that, but guess what? I'd rather anger you and get you to make the right decision for yourself and save your own life and that of your families, because that's what's important at the end of the day to get our emotions out of the way and to take some action. Mm -hmm. um, maybe that's what's going to motivate you to make the change when you recognize really there's people out there that are okay with hurting me. Oh yeah. There, there, there's yeah. plenty of people that are okay <laughs> with hurting you and they're doing it to you whether you know it or not. So part of our journey together with my clients is exposing them to the battlefield of wellness and letting them know where the landmines are, where the snipers are, you know, where, where do the dangers really lie? Um, and then gently showing them how to go through each piece of that and formulating their strategy of how to address it. Man, I know I've, I've seen, I went to, um, a person that I had on the podcast, I went to her house and she showed me her system and mm -hmm. uh, her water treatment system and all the, the filters. And I looked at it, I was like, well, that's, that's cool. I like, water. <laughs> you know, but I mean, what you just said was like, was the last thing I thought that you were going to say. Water's number I one. And I say that because I started with food, right? Um, but at some point I had gotten all my food legit. I was buying from, I was lucky enough to start my wellness journey in the Virginia area. So I was able to get all my grass fed meats and poultry and all that good stuff directly from Joel Soliton, um, who's, you know, he's like the forerunner of, you know, sustainable um, and biodynamic agriculture and farming. Um, and, you know, he's kind of the poster child for that, that many have been mimicking for years at this point. So I was blessed to have that. We had plenty of farmer's markets around the area that were making great food. So that's kind of what I, I just jumped right into it and started taking in all my foods from there. I started growing some food as well on a balcony in a high rise um, just to get something going because I recognized every time you eat something that's not grown by you, you only accept a risk. Mm. Well, what about the organic food at the grocery store? Yeah. So all the food in your grocery store is dead. It's okay. dead. It's dead enzymatically because they kill all the enzymes so that the food can sit on your shelf and transport for weeks at a time without spoiling. And enzymes on the food are strategically set up to help you digest that food. Okay. Now the enzymes on the food are just enough to digest that food. They do not encourage any other enzymatic development in your body, right? So you need to influence that in other ways. But if you're taking in food that's already dead, okay? This, so when people talk about living foods, I go, well, how, how, how live is it? Because you wanna go into the raw foods movement and get all that stuff. Okay, but where are you getting your raw foods from? You know, because we can get really anal about all of this stuff and that's a very dominant factor when it comes to digesting and breaking down your food. You're enzymatically depleted from even starting that food. So why do so many people have problems eating raw when they start? Their guts are sterile. They haven't been putting any enzymes and probiotics in their guts for years. Now, all of a sudden, you're bringing in these foods that are harder to break down. You probably don't have good stomach acid at this point if you've been living a standard American diet. So there's complexity here, um, but it's not complicated. It's just <laughs> complex. Okay. Yeah. That's why you go to professionals for complexity so they can help simplify what you need to do, you know, to get you where you want to go. But yeah, yeah, man, you know, just, just, you know, organic food. Is it a step up? Yeah. You know, a little bit, I think, but in, in reality, I will be so focused on having a daily detoxification regimen to deal with the chemicals in the foods that we are 
kind of have at our disposal. Mm-hmm. Like these are the options that we have. So if you're going to eat out of the out of the grocery store, then um, go ahead, but get a good defense strategy to help you mitigate some of the issues that those foods are going to naturally give you. Period. Even if you're shopping on the outside of the grocery store, you're not. You're that doesn't give you a buy. It might get you somewhat better. Okay. But there are levels to this game and there's definitely, you know, I've seen plenty of people that try to go raw vegan or raw raw vegetarian and they got sick as a dog. They were taking in way more toxins than their body had ever (laughs) taken in. (laughs) Right. They were dealing with fibers they had never dealt with before. They were, you know, and they're, I'm doing the right thing and they're forcing this thing to happen. I'm like, your body's not ready for all of that. You need to nurture your systems first and get better at breaking down foods and improve your digestive abilities before just jumping right into something like that. So then that creates what? That creates dogmatic thinking. Oh, that doesn't work. Right. Type thing. Yeah. Because I tried that and it, it made me feel horrible. Yeah. For a lot of people, it does, man. Yep. It does. If you're if you're not not everybody's built to do that. Um, if you're experiencing hypothyroidism, for example, and probably seventy percent of the women in this country are dealing with that, and it's undiagnosed, you're not going to be a good converter of specific nutrients that require converting for us to be able to use them that we could naturally find in animal form. Simple one could be like beta carotene, right? We know we can get that from various vegetables and fruits. You know, people think of carrots when they think of vitamin A, right? That's what beta carotene is. It's a form of vitamin A, but it's not the form that we use. We use a form called retinol. And so the body then has to have the ability to convert um, convert that beta carotene to retinol in order for it to be usable to us mm-hmm. so that we can actually take action with it. So if we're expending a bunch of energy to try to break that food down and we can't even leverage one of the primary nutrients in that food, we've lost Every time you eat a food that takes more from you than gives to you, you're losing. You're in a deficit, man. You are in the red. Wow. Yeah. No, that it's eye-opening. One thing, like you said at the very beginning, all of this is like is big and science and how it works, but you're able to kind of break it down and, and make it simple for people and give them a plan. Absolutely. You know, every now and then I get a geeky client. I love it, you know, because then we can geek out together and they're very interested. And these are kind of like your your true wellness warriors. They do a lot of research, biohacking and things like that. But I get those kind of clients because even them and I and I believe, you know, even when I don't feel so well, if I get to a point where I need some help, I'm not trying to doctor myself. I'm going to go hire a trusted professional to help me. And then I'm going to use my brain in the process. I'll participate in the process and not just give everything to that practitioner, but having someone give you, having someone inspecting what you're doing at the 30,000 foot level, because you're in the weeds, right? Mm -hmm. If it's you, you're in the weeds and you're trying to do all the things and you're like, I've been trying this essential oil. I've been doing this detox cleanse. I've been trying this stuff over here. And all of a sudden it becomes super complicated because you never mapped it out, right? You don't understand that, Hey, you're taking, you're taking this with that. But guess what? If you take this with that, that has to be taken with fat. If it's not taken with fat, then this over here has a 50% uh, 50% less absorption factor. So you're blowing money on stuff you don't even know you're blowing money on because you can't even assimilate the nutrient that you're supplementing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it's complex, not complicated because you don't realize how much um, complication has been going on in your body for so long. Yeah. But when you start to peel the layers of the onion back and you're working with practitioners, you know, my job is not to hurt your brain. I'm not trying to hurt your brain. I'm trying to get the information to you in a way that you can hold on to it to where it becomes emotional. There should be some emotional connection to what you're doing so that you have some believability in it and the approach that you're taking to actually execute it. Without that belief, you're not going to heal because you're not going to sustain what you're doing. Man. It was good. That was some really good insight. I appreciate well, it. Well, I, I appreciate you having me, man. I'm, I'm here to share. I, yeah. I love to run my mouth about this stuff. I'm extremely passionate about what I do. I get, you know, I get super excited every day to wake up and do what I do because I get to see people do some amazing things that they didn't think they could accomplish in their life, man. It's yeah. awesome. What's your, no, now we're going to kind of get back to you again. Sure. Did you have in this journey to get where you are now 
Did you have a mentor? Did you have people that you looked up to? You know, I, I did and I still do. You know, I was lucky enough to, you know, I started reading books and, you know, your mentors are with you for certain stages, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yep. so one of my first mentors, like when I was talking about that guy introduced me to some literature, first book I read, I think was um, Mark Sison's book, um, The Primal Blueprint. Dude, I got so excited about that book. I had, I read that book in entirety on a road trip to my wife. As we were going on a road trip, we read it going to where we were going and on the way back. And we changed our life. It really helped her pregnancy. Uh, like I said, we changed our life in the midst of her being pregnant. So a lot of dramatic shift, but I'm a take action guy. And so I was like, hey, we need to do this. I need your buy-in. So I'm gonna read this book to you so that you can hear what I'm hearing. And let's see if we can influence some change from both of our family's lineage. Why can't we be the change agents? We need change agents to break cycles of crap that have been going on in our families for years with cancers and diabetes and, you know, all these um, cardiovascular issues that we absolutely don't have to have. We don't have to hold on to that crap. Yeah. We can epigenetically flip the switch for ourselves to be good in those arenas. And because statistically, as a black man, I should be dead or on like seven medications. And you're not. I'm not on any medications and I'm yeah. still not dead. <laughs> what's your uh so what's one of your biggest failures and how'd you learn from it wow that's a great question one of my biggest failures and how did i learn from it i would say probably one of my biggest failures was choosing to believe it was choosing push mentality versus flow mentality and so what I mean by that is because I have some of these discussions with my clients is I listen for very interesting things on our initial discovery session, words like force, push, gotta, all these de very demanding words of oneself that have likely led them to their demise. And they, did not, they don't know, they didn't recognize this. That's why I specialize in fatigue management is to bring this stuff to the forefront and really help them see that they're the biggest problem of their wellness and by them being able to get control of that they can control everything else mm. um you know from that standpoint so that was my biggest lesson was get out of forcing and pushing and driving everything and thinking that you have to be that kind of person to setting things up in a way and getting in tune with your world and your universe to know that things can just flow to you without you yep. having to push to go get everything. That was huge for me. And it's huge for a lot of the A types that I, I'm typically working with, super busy moms, you know, CEOs or C-level executives, big, small business owners and stuff like that. That's the bulk of my clients um, because I understand them. I understand what they're fighting every day. You know, yeah. I fought it. It almost killed me. So I had to learn how to get through it without killing myself and still be a high performer um, because a lot of people want to put you into various programs and make you something you're not. And right. that's not my, not, not my job. I'm not going to tell you to diminish yourself, to turn yourself down. I'm going to show you how to properly apply principles of wellness and nutrition appropriately for the, what your life demands. Yeah. Because that's what we really need to understand more than saying, oh, you can't have any stress in your life. You shouldn't do that project. You know, you should just sit on the floor and do yoga and just read books all the time and everything's going to be great. We live in a real world here in this yep. matrix that we're in. And it requires us to do certain things and act a certain way because we want to get certain things, we want to achieve certain things. I don't want to sit around a tree all day. I got stuff that I want to do here, okay? So why yep. not teach me how to work with who I am more so than just try to change who I am? And every one of my clients are going to do some, do to some level of transformation, but I still want them to be that hustler, that grinder, but appreciate cycles and understanding how to treat themselves as they go through various cycles in the year, depending on their business or um, career and, you know, seasons in life. Okay. To accept where you are. Can you accept that I'm 40 with two kids and a wife and bills and this, you are not showing up like you're 20. You've got different stuff going on. You have different factors, uh, you know, going on that are impacting you. And we need to adjust for that. We need to adjust for it. Um, my, my season of life will be very different once my kids leave my home. Mm -hmm. Okay. That will allow me to do what? 
to do more working out, to do more relaxation, to do all. But guess what? I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a dad. I'm a I'm a stay at home dad who raised who who homeschools. So you know, I'm putting it all in every day. You know, yeah. or, you know, here in my house to make it happen for my family. And I wouldn't change it for the world, you know, to be very honest with you, because I only get my kids for a certain amount of time, but that's a season of life. And to be able to recognize that wherever we're at is not where we're staying. So can you accept having a little pudge around your gut because you're going to spend more time with your family instead of spending three hours working out? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I'll take that sacrifice for a little while. I'll get the six pack in a couple of years. It's good. There you go. <laughs> I'm, good, I'm good with a two and a four pack and, you know, having, having great blood work. And yes. yeah. <laughs> That's good. I was a stay at home dad for eight years and uh, not a homeschooler. I couldn't do that. So, so kudos to you. Kudos to you. But um, thanks, man. I really appreciate um, you sitting down spending an hour with me and and i thought this was a great conversation how oh, do man. people how do people great. find you oh finding me super easy you if you google nubula health i'm it mm-hmm. i'm it so if you do a search on facebook for nubula health or instagram for nubula health i'm it it's a very unique name such um, a great play on your last name yeah i thank my dad for that one man i'm like thanks pops this is gonna work out <laughs> Yeah. Fantastic. All right, man. I wish you all the best of luck and uh, have a good rest of your week. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Robert. I appreciate you, man. You have a blessed one. You too. All right. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Beyond Grit with your host, me, Robert Young. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell somebody about it. You can find this podcast on all major podcast platforms and be sure to tune in every Wednesday for another exciting success story of somebody going beyond grit. Until then, take care.